0: time the lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them i'm just going to stop right there now in this particular passage i trust we understand but let me just clarify here the term talent here is in reference to a measure of money but the premise and principle here is that of stewardship And as a result of this tonight, we're using this as a basis as to what we are doing and recognizing some things from this. But here's one thing that I do know. Sister Kimberly, we are all going to stand before God and we are all going to give an account Now, when we think of that, oftentimes we're just some. I believe that for the most part, everybody just thinks about sin or thinks about failure or thinks about all the things I was going to go go down the list. Say you didn't do this and you didn't do, but there's also a reckoning that will happen with what God has given and what we did or did not do with it. We're going to be held accountable. And church, I say this tonight with the most sincere heart. We cannot just bide our time sitting on a pew. And we just riding our pew to glory. we just waiting on the Lord. Come on here. But there are things that we are meant to do. And so we're going to be looking at some of these tonight. Would you help us to pray? Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. And Lord, I do give you thanks and praise for your word. I pray you would anoint it. I ask, oh God, that you tonight would open our ears. Let our hearts be tender, receptive to the word of God. I pray, Lord, anoint my mind and lips to preach as you would desire. We want you, Lord, to receive all the glory. Hide me, I pray, behind the cross. I don't want Jacob to be seen, but, Lord, you to be seen and heard tonight. Meet us in these altars. Challenge our hearts, Lord, I pray. And we do ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. The Word of God here in this text, I want to start with this framework. And it says, the kingdom of heaven is like or is likened unto. I want you to understand this evening is that one of the things that I believe that our Lord has wanted us to understand is how the kingdom of God works. We find in the scripture that there is teaching and evidence that allows us to peer behind the curtain. I know that we are not there yet. I know that we are striving to make heaven our home. But understanding is that there is a kingdom in heaven. There is a king on the throne of heaven. Amen. And there is purpose and will and power and agenda that he wants done not only in heaven but also in this earth. And he will utilize the vehicle of his church. And who is his church comprised of? It is comprised of you and I as individuals. And individuals that come together and make up families. And, and understand that God wants to use and work through us. Amen. That the kingdom of God, the agenda of heaven. Amen. Would be done in this earth. Some might argue and some might complain. And and say, well, that seems so contradictory, Pastor. How in the world can the kingdom of God be accomplished on this earth when there's so much chaos, when there's so much wickedness, when there's so much sin that seems to just permeate every corner, crack and crevice of everything that is in this world? Preacher, don't you know that the days are dark and the times are harsh and and hell is relentless and the devil is deceiving and there's all of these things that are going on and my response brother Tobin would be yes I'm keenly aware yes we're here on the front lines fighting all of hell every single day and let me remind you of this because the day is dark because hell rages because the devil deceives because Sin permeates every household, corridor, corner of the world. Understand tonight, that is why more so than ever before, we need the power and the kingdom and the glory of God at work in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, in our communities, and in our world. look and say What's the use we don't sit by and say well I just don't know if there's any point we for too long have found the church has turned in a resignation letter somewhere and said we'll just take up a piece of property we'll sit on our acreage we'll enjoy our chicken dinners and we'll enjoy this and that and set in our air conditioned building and, and that's just what we're going to do. But friends, I want to remind you that as I often say from the pulpit to the back pew, Christ did not come to die and offer his life for us and shed his blood so that we just tiptoe and gallop through the days of fields and say, Isn't life grand? I'm on my way to heaven, ain't got to worry about anything else. I want to remind you tonight, friends. You've been washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit for the purpose, amen, that we're standing, brother Jimmy, against the forces of hell. There's a real devil, there's a real hell, and there's real people going to it every day. and today hallelujah. hallelujah oh there's work there are lives at stake there are there is much that must be accomplished I want to set the record straight tonight on a couple of things though we as a church There are things corporately and collectively that we will do. And in our day and time it seems that much emphasis is based around what the name of a church is doing. There are churches that their main and sole concern is that they are visible. And I believe, please hear pastor correctly tonight. I believe a community should know who the church is where they can come where they can find help spiritual guidance I believe that with all of my heart but let me say this there are some who are strictly enamored they want to see their name their church's name their preacher's name in a paper on the local news station oh and one two three four five times a year a couple of special things and everybody says oh wow isn't that wonderful isn't that great isn't that Church so nice, but can I tell you, is that the church is more than the name of Victory Temple on the sign? The church is more than a news clip, a news reel, an Instagram feed, or something for the masses to look and say, "Well, there's somebody doing something." I want to say that too long. We've we've thought the kingdom of God is just a church corporately doing some kind of outreach, and outreach is a good brother. They're needed and necessary. But the thing that's needed the most is God's people walking with purpose. Utilizing the gift, the talent, and the call that is in their life. In the highways and in the hedges. In the workplace and in the school. In the areas where there's the dying and the destitute. But we have somehow dumbed it all down. And said we can only work and do kingdom work. When we are here corporately together, I'm here to tell you, the master of the house sent the servants out. He said, you go into every highway, you go into every hedge, you shake shake every bush, and you invite them in to the supper. I want to tell you, when we leave here, you ain't got to go to Africa, China, or Indonesia. The greatest mission field, Sits outside of the doors of the church the greatest mission field is someone on your job. Some neighbor on your street. Some child who all the time rides and throws their bike in your yard. That's right. Don't complain. (laughs) Come on here. That's right. Come on here. We must understand is that all around us There is opportunity and availability for kingdom work. Amen. For kingdom work. And for kingdom work to be effective, you have to understand that what God desires to use and utilize is, yes, you and I in our faults, in our frailty in our failures in often our inconsistencies in times when we don't get it right. There are some that are sitting on these very pews tonight and you think you're unqualified, unusable and there's nothing you have to offer because you didn't start out in the church. You don't know every Bible verse. There's somebody here tonight, the devil's convinced you you've wasted too many years. You've failed too many times. But I will to let you know that there is a God who comes and he says, I have some things I want to give. I have some things I want to put in your possession. And what are you going to do with them? First, let me tell you that when we look at this, that gifts talents and callings just a few designations a gift by definition Webster says that it is known as some exceptional inborn quality or characteristic a striking or special talent or aptitude a talent is an inclination a will, a disposition or desire, intellectual ability, natural or acquired, developed over time, maybe mental endowment or capacity, skill in accomplishing certain tasks. And then there is a calling, which is a divine summons, an invitation to the state of being divinely called. I want to tell you tonight, church, please do not mistake if there is one thing that we're finding if there is one trend that's going on amongst our youth and it creeps its way to the middle age and even the elders the seniors of a church I don't know if we've ever been in a place where there have been more who are fighting with their identity of who they are in Him we find that there are some that are sitting on pews and they find that they are identified with their past they think they are identified with maybe a title. They think they are identified with some uh, uh, some resume of relationship with who they knew or who Paul Paul was or how long they've had a had a membership at a church or whatever. Can I say tonight it is not surprising that hell is doing its best to muddy the waters and for people to feel there is no purpose because when you feel there's no purpose when you feel that you're insignificant then you come into God's house and all we do is sit we don't engage in worship we don't respond to the word we're not involved in the altars because we think that we're just being but I pray that God would shake and wake us up one more time and understand there's a clarion call from heaven itself That wants you to know that there is gifts and talents and brother Christian callings upon our lives and that there's significance in who you are and what God would have you to do. Listen, I'm not trying to sound facetious or anything, but I'm not a pronoun. Come on here. I'm not. I've got a name. And Brother Roderick, I have a name and God gave me a birth date. And not only did he give me a birth date, but should he tarry? And if I don't go by the rapture, he's given me an end date, Sister Gloria. Listen, my breath is in his hand. My days are numbered by him. David said, all of my members are recorded in his book. The word of God said, hear, O Israel, the fact that you are the apple of his eye. Jesus said that the heavenly Father knows how many hairs are on your head. And Sister Kelly, you've heard me say it. He knows how many I left in the hairbrush today. Come on here. Oh, listen to me. Why do you say these things? Why does the word of the Lord remind us of this? Why did the word of the Lord tell Jeremiah? While you were in the womb, I knew you. I ordained you to be a prophet. I've ordained you. Why? Because God is always, his agenda is always to let humanity know. I know who you are. I planted you here on purpose. I've got a call. I've got a purpose. You ain't a he, a she, a it him you're Roderick Blewett you're a child of the king you've been washed in the blood he loved you so much he came to die for you he loved you so much he said I'll clothe you better than the lilies of the field I'll give you food to eat you're my son you're my daughter it's time to stand with the recognition that God has called us out yes. hallelujah Oh, hear what I'm saying tonight. Because I believe in this day and time, and even right here in this house, there's some you're struggling with who you are in Him. Some that think maybe you're out of time. Some that think you don't have enough degrees. You don't have the education. Who am I, Brother Jake? I'm I'm never going to preach in a poem. I'm never going to... Listen, I want you to understand, first of all, recognize and realize is that there's significance in your life and for your life. Listen to me. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. You're unique. Every one of us. Even identical twins have different thumbprints. Come on here. When we look at this, there is a uniqueness in which God's wanting to do in us and through us. The Word of God said that this master, he gave talents, he said, several to their ability. Understand that in their own uniqueness, not everybody got five. Not everybody got ten. We see that there was five, there was two, and there was one. I want you to understand tonight, first of all, and I don't know if I'll get through all of these points tonight... Because I want to take my time and make sure that we really get what's being said here. First of all, I want you to understand that your gifts, your calling, your talents, these are things that are divinely deposited into you. They're divinely deposited. The book of James said, Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights above. I want to remind you of this. Now, a lot of times, here's, this is where we are in this age of Christianity, in the materialistic consumerism age of Christianity. Everybody thinks a gift is something wrapped up in shiny wrapping paper. Come on here. Everybody says, oh, I'll take that gift, Lord. Give me the house. Give me the land. Give me the car. give me the." Come on. We have deduced it down to materialistic things. God gives good gifts. He gives various gifts. But one of the things I think that we miss even in that particular passage is that God has deposited some things in us. When we talk about a gift, and the definition says one of those gifts are things that is, we're born with, you find that there are people that there are giftings that they have. Some that are just, I mean, just mind-blowing, astounding of what they can do. I saw a a video clip of a young man who had autism and he was very high on the spectrum many things that he could not do but yet you could set him down at a piano. Never took a lesson in his life brother Danny and he could sit there and somebody could begin to play a little tune or he could even hear the music played and he could sit down and in one instant he could play it with master like precision. I'm talking about Mozart, Beethoven if it was classical, if it was a music genre of today it wouldn't matter. He had a gift. It was born in him. He couldn't tie his own shoes. He couldn't fix his own lunch. But he had a gift. There are those of us, there are things inside. Listen to me. And some would scratch their head. Everybody looks at a situation like that and says I don't understand it. I don't comprehend it. And the Lord said in his word, he said he will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He'll put some things inside of his people, inside of his children, that the world scratches their head and says, What in the world's going on? And I'll tell you why he does it. So that we can stand and say, It is the Lord. It is He. It is in Him. It is in what He has. And he hath done great things. Talents. Certain attributes. Characteristics. Things of that nature. And listen to me. All of us possess them. All of us possess them. Some are sitting here right now. And you're looking at me bum-fuzzled. I don't know what my talent is. Brother Jake, I wish I could play the guitar like Brother Keith. I wish I could sing like... Like Sister Carolyn, I wish I could do this, and I wish I could do that. Now, listen, this is kind of the plight of humanity. We often want things that belong to others that we can't have. <laughs> Should I say that again for the folks in the back? Amen. You see, the problem is this. It's not that you don't have a talent or a gift. But in our humanity, we are looking and comparing and sizing up. And we are unhappy with our talent. We don't like our gift. And so I want to be like this one. And this one wants to be like that one. And that one wants to be like this one. Come on here. And then you see, it's not the fact that you don't have any anything It's a fact you're not utilizing it because you're too busy comparing with everybody else. And you spend your life and you're spending precious moments wasting time because, well, I can't do it like somebody else can. Well, bless God, I want to tell you, God don't need a cheap carbon copy of somebody else when he's made you, Brother Tobin, a great original. I pray to God... We as a church, when Lord, I'm done comparing, I'm done trying to steal somebody else's talent. I'm done complaining because I can't do it like them. but maybe, Sister Gloria, we start praying saying, "God, reveal to me what's my talent? What's my gift? What is my calling? Because as they are divinely deposited. There are some things you might recognize right away. And then there are some things that are hidden for a while. It doesn't change the fact it's been divinely deposited. We find in Scripture, Scripture teaches in a multiplicity of ways upon this principle, the principle of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. The Word of God reminds us, and let's just read it, So you don't think it's just Brother Jacob saying something. Amen. I want you to know what's in the Word of God. Listen to this. Romans 12 and 3. For I say through the grace given unto me. To every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly. Listen. According as God hath dealt to every man, somebody shout every man, the measure of faith. There has been a deposit we find in the area of faith. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. 1 Timothy 4 and 14, neglect not the gift that is in you which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. That word holy is not h-o-l-y, but w-h-o-l-l-y, which means completely. Give yourself completely to them, that that thy profiting may appear to all. Listen to this take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continuing them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself And they, them that hear thee. Now listen. There's much debate. You begin to get into the commentary on this particular passage. And there are some that will say well it was Timothy's gift of preaching. It was Timothy's gift of this. There's all kinds of ideas. And and maybe it was the fact that he was able to communicate. We find that Paul spoke about the faith that was in his grandmother. And the faith that was in his mother. And the faith that Paul believed was operating in his life. But we come to find that Paul said, Don't neglect the gift, Timothy. Do you know what was going on with Timothy? Timothy was there as a young minister, as a young pastor, in a church with, in a, in a, in a generation and age much like it is today. How many of you know history just repeats itself? come on here. There was immorality, immorality, there was debauchery, there was division, there was politics, there was all these things going on. And young Timothy was discouraged. Young Timothy thought, is it worth the use? Even Timothy as a young man, he even began to question, in my youth can God use me? That's why Paul told him, he said, don't let anybody despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in faith, in charity, and in purity. Understanding that he was reminding Timothy often there's a call on your life there's a gifting it's been in you don't you neglect it don't you let it die dormant but rather stir it up rather give yourself completely to it and he said if you'll continue in it he said Christian you will save yourself and guess what everybody else you're in contact with everybody else that'll hear you you'll save them too I want to let somebody know your call your gift your talent is not so we boast and look around and say look at me but know the kingdom agenda the work of God is so that gift is used to impact many that they might make heaven their home that they might know Christ and him crucified Listen, God needs a John Pickens and a Marvin Rich and a Debbie Chambly in our perspective places of life with the gifts, the talents, and the callings that He has given so that you can utilize them because God is the great architect of our lives and He knows exactly who He's going to pull into your pathway. He knows exactly who you think you're just bumping into him. But there's no coincidences with God. He knows, Ashley, who you're going to see in the hospital. He knows, Anna, who's going to show up for a slice of pepperoni pizza. Come on here. But they get more than a slice of pizza. They can be introduced to Christ. Come on, somebody. He knows, Sister Gwen, who's going to come into the office and you have opportunity. Brother Wade, he knows who's going to call up needing some cabinets built. And you're not just there to hang cabinets. and you're not just there to take measurements but I pray the kingdom of God is working in us in such a way that when they get around us, Brother Danny they can say there's something absolutely different there's something I'm picking up there's something I don't understand at all and I don't know it all but Gloria, I can tell there's a glow you got something in life that I don't have and then just like the song says you can smile and say, let me tell you about my Jesus let me tell because God's put some things in you that he has not put in me he's got some things in me He has not put in you and that's not for comparison for you to feel less than or lower than someone else but understand God's a God of diversity come on the Word of God says John the revelator said I'll just give you a picture of diversity he said, I looked and saw every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. Come on. As a kid, we used to sing it like this, red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious in His sight. Somebody said a while back, said, God's colorblind. And I corrected. I said, no, He's not. They looked at me all offended. I said, He's not colorblind. I said, if he is colorblind, he wouldn't have made a black man and a white man and a red man and a yellow man. Come on here. Heaven's going to have all of us. You better get past your prejudice. You better get over your thoughts of who you think is qualified or not. Because just as diverse as God's people are, there is a diversity of the gifts. Just as there's diversity of spiritual gifts in the church, it is still one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit. But there's a diversity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And a place for every one of them to be used. Every one of them be used. Preach on, Brother Jake. Okay, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling good. Amen. Listen. 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Let me say, when we come to the conclusion, and I pray the Holy Ghost helps you get there tonight, that there are some things divinely deposited in me. Somebody say this, some things I know. Go ahead, say it with me. Some things I know. And some things yet to be discovered. Come on. Some things yet to be discovered. Do you see see how the Word of God works? We've been talking about growing in Him a life of giving and service, these things are discovered as we do as was commanded to Timothy, brother Danny, when Paul said, give yourself completely to them. Now let me say this. Some might think that I'm going out on a limb, but I feel like I'm very much in line biblically. You set on gifts, talents, and callings. You're setting on the Holy Ghost. You're quenching the spirit. You're hindering the work of the kingdom. And there will be blood on your hands. Hear me. There will be. There will be. I have met people who are miserable because there were backsliders. And I've also met so-called saved people who are miserable because they were not living to the capacity of which God has called them you never will meet a more miserable person than a person on run from the Lord and a person who's running from the gift, call, and talent that God has on their life. Understand that. Understand that. Listen. In this, I, have, I, I think I have some time to hit the second point. If that's okay. Thank you, brother. I was looking for just one. Come on. He beat everybody to it. Listen. They are divinely deposited. And here's the second thing. You have to be decidedly dedicated. Decidedly dedicated. You have to. Listen, when you make a decision, as we discover, accept, and step into these things, I want you to know something. It is not enough to hoorah and shout around this place and, Woo, glory, I've got a town. Oh, hallelujah. I've got a calling. Oh, praise the Lord. I've got a gifting. That's not enough. Understand you will be put to the test. You will be tested in all points. You will find that that resolution that you've made to commit yourself wholly to them. Come on here. Is that there will be circumstances, there will be trial, tribulation, and mark my words, there will be people who will certainly challenge, test, and reveal whether or not you're decidedly dedicated. Because here's what you will find. There are circumstances that are seemingly far greater than what talents, gifts, and callings you possess. What am I? What is this amongst so many? Who am I amongst this giant? What am I facing this mountain? Through these gifts, talents, and callings, when we give ourselves wholly to the Lord through Him, we know that we are able. But you will find some people. Get ready. Right now, Sister, (laughs) I'm going to tell on Sister Anna. Somebody say amen to that. Okay. Sister Anna told me, told us the other night. She said there was a lady showed up there in the restaurant, got right in her face. I mean, just hollering, cussing her out, and all kind of good stuff. We won't go into all the details. We want to keep it sanctified. Amen. And Sister Anna said, "Brother Jacob," and Sister Glory said, "I was there, Brother Jake. I can testify. I can witness." So Glory was there to either bail her out of jail or help her one. But but she said, "Brother Jake," she said, "I watched Anna." Christian, as that lady just a cussing and griping and carrying on said, Anna was just shaking all over. Am I telling the truth, Sister Anna? Said she, had, she said, Pastor, I was just shaking all over. And she said, Brother Jake, only thing I knew to do, she said, I turned my head and looked to the ceiling. Yeah. And she said, I told that lady, said, ma'am, I just found Jesus a few weeks ago. I'm going to ask you to kindly, I'm going to ask you just to kindly step on the way. Rather Pickens, she said the old Anna would have laid hands on her and it would have been spiritual. Come on here. Come on, somebody. Oh, Anna, you can pray and cry and weep here. You can lift your hands and worship. But mind you, there's a devil, there's some people, there's all of hell that'll show up and say, come on. I want to see what you got. There's some that... That will tell you you're stupid and you're dumb and it don't make any sense and it doesn't matter anyhow, you better be decided this ain't just for the Sunday morning saint this just ain't for the Christmas and Easter onlys. I'm telling you if you've made a commitment and given yourself holy, it's 24-7 365 I'm not taking a day off there are folks that need to be reached come on here some folks think it's cute say well I You know, I'm saved, but I cuss a little. That ain't cute. That ain't cute. That's immature. That ain't cute. It shows a rebellious streak. And rebellions as a sin of witchcraft. You open yourself up to more. Well, I yeah, I love Jesus, but I've heard I I love Jesus, but I hate people. Shame on you. You hear me? Shame on you. You're missing the mark. Well, I love Jesus, but people are stupid. I know they can act stupid. Some, some looking at me right now, P- pastor. That, there's truth in that. Don't there's truth. Don't what was? But here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say. I know people will do some stupid things. But I'm tell you right now, but we don't have to act stupid along with them. We have to be decidedly dedicated. There's going to be folks that do not agree with you. There's going to be people, situations that will test you. Please listen to me. We have to understand. There will be the test of commitment to these purposes of God. Far too many have thought they were operating in a capacity of a a holy calling. Only to be swayed when difficulty showed up. Come on here. There are some folks, they change ministries like socks. One Sunday, they're in kids' ministry. One Sunday, they're in a senior adult ministry. One Sunday, they want to be on the, the, the prayer ministry. One Sunday, they want to be the janitor. One Sunday, and you want to know why it's not because they want to serve in all those capacities. It's because when they faced problem with one, I'm just going to change. Come on here. I'm just going to quit. I'll quit that one, and I'll I'll, I'll go... Can I just tell you this? If that is your propensity, you will never be used. You will never be used. Because there has to be consistency. Is this preaching okay? Is this all right? Okay. Here we go. I've got about seven minutes left. Listen. Others who are looking only for title, position, popularity... I've met many a preachers thought their only thing they had to do was preach. How wrong they are. I've met some who are deacons, Sunday school teachers. I've met others that had other titles or positions or were known by other things. Hear me. You know what Jesus said? He said, the one who's going to be the master, said, let him be the servant. And the one who's going to be the greatest, let him be the least. In other words, it doesn't matter what title, it doesn't matter whether that's in the church, on your job, your seniority, it doesn't matter any of those things. What it comes down to is if that's what you are chasing, you are not walking in that divine call, that divine, you are chasing titles. You're after recognition. You're after a platform, a microphone, a whatever. Uh, 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 You know, you're willing, it it will reveal you're willing to step on whoever to get to another rung. That is not godly. It is not biblical. We have to understand that these commitments, it has to go beyond our superficial desires for recognition. As a matter of fact, Jesus had even said, speaking of, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the hypocrites, he said when they pray, he said they stand on street corners and they wear their beautiful long flowing robes and they say all of their long sentences and they quote all of their words and they can do all of those things. And he said they've got their reward. What did that mean? Sister Amy, it meant they wanted to be seen of by men. Jesus said they were seen. He said, but you, when you pray... Go into your prayer closet. He said, pray to your Father in secret. And the Father that hears and sees you in secret shall reward you openly. He said, so what is seen is what God has done. Not what you and I have accomplished. Listen. You must be decidedly dedicated because there's going to be much, much that will come against you. Listen to this. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'll come. In 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, this is what Paul said. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness. In watchings often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. In cold and nakedness. We often refer to the Apostle Paul, we sometimes say, the one who wrote over half the New Testament. What some don't realize, Sister Glory, is that many of these epistles that were written, these letters to the church, was in a prison cell. In early church history books, there were some that say that certain letters that Paul would speak through a window, a barred window, to young scribes in the church because at times, Brother Billy, part of his punishment is he was neck deep in sewage. When Paul went into town, he didn't say, hey, point me to the Hilton. No, he went around. They probably said, Paul, why are you going down there? Only the prison's there. He said, I just want to see where I'm going to be staying for the night. Come on here. Decidedly dedicated, I know we sing it, though none go with me, still I will follow, but for many of us, we're lying when we sing it. For many of us, because someone hurt our feelings, didn't recognize us, whatever the case might be, we're just ready to hang it all up, or're ready to quit? Well, like I said, we want to change this ministry, change that thing. And in that, these gifts, talents and callings cannot be developed. Now I'm going to stand here and tell you some things right now that in the course of ministry in the areas where God has put in my life and what He's still growing in my life I don't want anybody to think that I stand here and tell you that I've arrived because I haven't and I won't until I make heaven there's still days Gloria I'm trying to figure out God what do you want me to do But in this, I can tell you this, as there are some things that have come along and developed, developed, and it's had to do so, Sister Carmen, with being decidedly dedicated. Decidedly dedicated. The development of gifts, talents, and callings to solidify these things, to submit them, cement them in our lives My third point was this, is that they are often developed in difficulty. They're developed in difficulty. Some think, well, now that I have the position, now that I have the title, now that I recognize that gift, now that I do this thing, Brother Chad, then surely that means I've arrived. No, now the part is it's going to be developed, but you are best developed in difficulty places smooth seas do not make experienced sea captains they don't there has to be some storms has to be some thing you can be the manager of the company brother Roderick you can have the title you're the manager you're the boss man but they don't really know what you're made of until there's calamity on the job Brother Christian, till the whole project's falling apart and somebody steps in with some know-how and says, all right, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to work our way through it. Is it difficult? Yes. Did you know Daniel never interpreted anything until Nebuchadnezzar had the dream. He was furious with the magicians and the soothsayers and his wise men, Brother Pickens, And because they could not interpret the dream, he said, kill all the wise men. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a part of that group. God had favor, Daniel had favor with the head of the guard, and he said, what's the issue? Why the haste from the king? So he told him what was going on. He asked for audience with the king. He goes to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, give me one night and I'll tell you What your dream means. He goes back to the quarters, Brother uh, Eddie, and he asks, he tells Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they're in the scripture, they're called by their Hebrew names there, and he says, Let's pray. That's what he said, Lord. He said, let's pray. He said, pray that God is merciful. Boys, if God don't come through in this difficult situation, our head is on the chopping block. And we find the Bible said in the middle of the night, in a night vision, in a dream, Brother Billy, God revealed the meaning of that dream. He stood before Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, here's what it is. This is what it means. I want to tell you, he never operated in that gift until his life was on the line until he took it to the Lord I want to tell somebody right now you're cursing and you're mad and you're upset over a difficult dilemma you ought to shout and say this might be the place where God reveals the things that are hidden in my life Joseph as well never used an interpretation of dreams until he was in the prison. When he was in the pit, when he was in Potiphar's house, nothing like that ever happened. But Sister Laura, difficulty revealed. Why? Because Sister Sylvia, they were decidedly dedicated. You see, before Brother Roderick, Daniel interpreted the dream, before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prayed with him, Daniel and those boys made a commitment they would not defile God. They would not eat the king's meat. You hear what I'm saying? Go back and read it. It didn't happen overnight, Amy. It happened with a made up mind many days before, if not years before. They were decidedly dedicated. We could look at all kinds of examples in Scripture. We really could. And you would find the same common denominator. Hard times allow for God's gifts, talents, and callings to rise to the top of His people. Of His people. We're called to be stewards, we're called to handle it rightly, we're called to recognize it. To commit, can I tell you, can I just reiterate what Paul said? Commit yourself completely to it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you tonight for every life represented in this house. Every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, because there's significance, there's purpose. You've created us on purpose. You've called, you've established, Lord, there's a work. There's giftings and callings and characteristics and attributes, talents that you've placed on every one of us. Some things we know, some things yet to be discovered. I pray challenge our hearts when we get comparing, when we are dissatisfied with who we are and we all the time want to be somebody else. Forgive us, Lord, when we've set on these things and we've chased ideas and we've chased popularity or preeminence or the easy road. We've tried to rise to the top when promotion only comes from you. Father, forgive us when we've gotten it backwards. And I pray you would challenge our hearts tonight. Because I believe there's kingdom work that needs to be done. And it's going to be done through us as individuals. Yes, it's going to happen corporately. But Lord, more so, these lives in this house, they are in contact with people that need to know you. Help us. Forgive us. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us that we're going to give an account. You will come and you will reckon with us with what we've done with talents, gifts, and callings. We must make our calling and our election sure. Lord, help us not to run from difficult situations. Let us be decidedly dedicated. Tonight, church, if you're here and you'd say, Brother Jake, I don't know of all that God wants. I'm not for sure of every dot that I'm supposed to connect next. But here's what I will do. Sister Gloria, this is the answer to your question. You ask the Lord, what am I to do today? You ask Him, who are you putting in my pathway? How are you going to use, Lord, my unique abilities, characteristics, my unique aptitudes for your glory. We need to be praying, God, reveal it. Reveal it in me. And help me be decidedly dedicated. And Lord, help me to understand I'm going to be developed in difficult things. But I know, Lord, you're going to receive glory out of all of this. that's your heart tonight if that's your desire can we just find ourselves a place in these altars tonight would you allow the holy ghost to challenge you tonight would you allow the spirit of god to deal with your heart why don't we come and find ourselves a place to seek the lord maybe somebody's been in a place of struggle maybe right now you're in a place where not everybody's on the bandwagon with you Maybe you're in a place right now where maybe amongst even your own family, oh, you feel like that maybe there's not an acceptance. Maybe right now there's fear of the unknown. Maybe right now there are some uncertainties. Oh, but you would say, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. Lord, I'm asking you to reveal. Lord, I'm asking you to help me to stand. Lord, I'm asking you help me to be. Lord, I pray you to help me, Lord, to commit myself. There's going to be some difficult days, difficult times to develop me. But, Lord, let me be decidedly dedicated. Lord, where I stand, and having done all to stand. Oh, Jesus. Oh, rabasi no Rumble, sea, la, 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 but if we soul all the it's worth it all. When I see those teardrops falling, oh.